it says in verse number 9, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. So we see the Spirit here involved in verse number 10. But God hath revealed them, or these things, unto us by his Spirit. Spiritual revelation is what we're talking about. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now notice in verse number 11. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. That verse is saying you know yourself because you know you have your the spirit of man is in man, but we cannot know the spirit of God, but the spirit of God. And verse number 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given unto us. And one of those things, of course, is salvation taught to us through the word of God. And so the Bible says when a man gets saved, verse number 12, the Bible says that we can know the things of God through the Spirit of God. Verse number 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches. I want to stop and say right there, not with scholarship, okay? Not with PhDs, not with the wisdom of men, okay? But we're talking about a whole nother level right here. And one of the reasons why there's so many different versions on the market today it's because of what it says in verse number 14. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Now the scriptures teach us that holy men of old, they spake as they were moved by the Spirit of God. Okay? So the Word of God is given to us by the Spirit of God. The natural man, the lost man, and also the saved man that lives like a lost man, a carnal man cannot know the things of the Spirit of God. He cannot know them. The scriptures say because they are spiritually discerned. The Word of God is the mind of God on paper, preserved for us, infallible and inerrant. The question is, where is the Word of God? Do we have the Word of God? Scholarship will tell you, no, we do not. It's in the ether somewhere. If you take all the versions and put them together and read them all and compare them all, you might be able to get close to what the originals intended or God intended, but we'll never have the words of God uh, in our own language for us today. Contrary to what the Bible clearly teaches, that God has preserved His Word from this generation forever. You either believe it or you don't. Now, the way that we, are, we, we please God and we can get in tune with God is by faith. The Bible says that we're to walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible says we cannot please God without faith. The Bible teaches us that faith is how we get saved. Faith is also the way in which the Word of God is opened unto us. But it begins with salvation. He was a man in Acts chapter number 8. He was an Ethiopian eunuch. He was a religious man. Here it is, he went to Jerusalem for the worship. I mean, he goes a long way. And he was there during the time of Pentecost and heard Peter preach at Pentecost and others preach at Pentecost. No doubt that he heard from Isaiah where it said he was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And uh, so here it is, he's reading that. Man, that was a good sermon. But he couldn't make any sense of it. And so God says to Philip, 
He says, I want you to go join yourself to that chariot and speak to that man. He's searching for me. And the Bible says, if you seek, you're going to find. And so he goes and he joins himself and he's reading the best portion in the scriptures that talk about Jesus Christ. And he says, do you understand what you are reading? And then the Ethiopian eunuch says, there's no way. How can I except somebody, some man should guide me. Somebody filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody I cannot understand on my own. And Philip, the Bible says, began at the very same scripture and preached Jesus unto him. The lost man is not going to see Jesus in the scriptures, but a child of God is going to see Jesus throughout the word of God from Genesis to Revelation. Are you with me here? And so here we see again, but the natural man receiveth not. The natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. And so I have come to the conclusion that the Bible is self-supporting. The Bible does not need science to help, to help us to understand it. It is not science but the spirit that enlightens us to the word of God. It is not history or archaeology. The Bible is a standalone book. Are you with me today? Okay. But I, I'm telling you, and I know I've said this for the last couple of weeks, but I want to say it again. It is not a question of is it, uh, there's this King James only debate. There is no King James only debate. You're going to find if, you find, if you nail it down, it's got nothing to do with that at all. It's got everything to do with did God preserve his words or didn't he preserve his words? Okay? And everybody that believes that in the doctrine of preservation, that God preserved his words, infallible, inerrant, perfect, holy, and complete, every one of those people that believes that says that the King James Bible is the preserved word of God. Now, way too many people today because of scholarship are studying more about the scholars than they are the scriptures. Brother, hang that. I, I mean, a lot of these, these so-called scholars were German rationalists, German higher critics, that all they wanted to do is tear down the Bible because nothing scares them more than a book that they must submit to. And the worst thing about skepticism as it comes from scholarship, and so it has an air of spirituality. But the carnal man, the natural man, cannot discern the things of the Spirit of God because they are spiritually discerned. That's what the scriptures say. Now what will happen is the scholar will come right back and want to question you on that. And we feel like we're unscholarly because we don't have an answer. But friend, we do have an answer. The Bible is the holy, inerrant, preserved word of God from cover to cover. And my spirit bears witness with the Holy Spirit that what I said is true. And if you're a child of God, I believe that the spirit of God will bear witness with you that what I just said was true. So anyway, the spirit of God does not teach a person to approach the scriptures with skepticism and doubt. And that's exactly what is happening today. I'm telling you. I want to make this statement again. I promise you this, and I know folks don't want to hear it, but you go ahead and ask 99% of the pastors of the churches that you've ever attended and ask them if they believe the Bible is the inspired, infallible, inerrant word of God from cover to cover. We also have to remember that there are many that corrupt the word of God. Many that do. But the Bible says we are not as many that corrupt the word of God. All flesh is grass, the scriptures say. But the word of God abideth forever. And I would hate to be some preacher 
that would use scholarship to make himself look good rather than a man of faith, but man of letters to tear down childlike faith in what God said at the judgment day. But under scholarship, what they'll do is they'll use external biblical uh, um, um, materials to try to attack the word of God. But anyway, the spirit of God does not teach. And the natural man, even if the spirit of God is speaking, the natural man cannot understand the things of the spirit of God. They are foolishness to him. What I'm saying right now to the intellectual is, well, this is stupid. But childlike faith is not stupid. Childlike faith is the way that you're going to get to heaven, friends. Amen. And how you, you say, well, I just believe in Jesus. Okay, define Jesus for me. Are you going to use Josephus' definitions of Jose uh, Jesus? Are you going to use some historical account of Jesus? Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to get my information about Jesus from the Word of God. And even if somebody else says, well, here's another account that's extra biblical. It didn't find its way into the Word of God. It is still dangerous to use that because it opens up a can of worms. Are you with me? And then it won't be long before, then you'll be going to some questionable things. And then it'll be outright denials of the Word of God. Again, the Bible is a standalone book. You do not need to know Greek. You do not need to know history or archaeology. You do not need to know science. You don't need to know astronomy or anything else. The world has perverted all the sciences, and now their science is falsely so-called. The Spirit of God does not teach you that the originals are inspired are inspired in the, um, uh, in the, 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 the originals are the only inspired word of God. The spirit of God does not teach that. Because we can look in the word of God. That the, the Bible says the spirit will lead you into all truth. What is all truth? Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we have the truth in scripture and the truth in the Savior. There is no guarantee of truth in any other book or what anybody else says. I mean, you could have a court can call in some eyewitnesses and two different people say they saw the exact same thing and have two different accounts. You know, and the reason is because scholarship, as much as anything, has destroyed America. I know I told you this before, but it gets on my nerves every time I think about it. We had some preacher here a while back, and he says, you need to nail down what the real problem with America is. I said, I know what the real problem with America is. Every man is doing that which is right in his own eyes because he does not have a final authority. God's word is the final authority. And when you start picking it apart and you run it back to the Greek and the Hebrew and all this stuff, all you're doing is teaching people that the Bible is not trustworthy. That's exactly right. And then, therefore, you can interpret it the way you want. You can choose the version that you want. I had a guy here years ago. It seems like it's always preachers. It's always preachers. Years ago, and I said to him, and I said to him, we, King James, he was one of these other version guy, kind of guys. Uh, <clears throat> and, uh, and then he, I said, well, well who's going to decide what version is the best or the perfect preserved word of God? And then he just went with, well, it's in the ether somewhere. Nobody knows. It's in the originals. I says, okay, so best we can do is just, is just choose from a bunch of bad, corrupt versions. Is that what you're saying? I says, okay, if that's the standard, then what's wrong with Jehovah's Witness? Because they're following your standard. You choose one that you like. 
according to your feelings, your beliefs, your doctrine? Why can't they choose one that they like according to their feelings and their reasoning and their doctrine? And then I remember he got indignant and says, but John chapter 1, verse number 1, my Jesus is the word made flesh. <laughs> and I says, okay, so basically what you're saying is you're not getting doctrine from the word of God. You're getting it from somewhere else. And then you go to the Bible and you expect it to say what you want it to say. Okay, so the Spirit of God does not teach you to check multiple versions. You know how I know? Because Jesus never did that. The Spirit of God doesn't teach you that you must speak Greek in order to understand plain English. Uh, and a guy said to me one time, I ain't afraid of the Greek. And I said, well, also the Greek's not afraid of you. And you're a liar if you just say the Greek. What Greek? What Greek are you talking about? And a guy that doesn't understand what I just said, he, he, has, he doesn't even have a clue. He has no clue. The Spirit of God does not teach you to embrace a translation that compromises essential doctrines with hundreds of deletions. The Spirit of God is telling me, man, when you're reading something, it, it, it just is not going to sound right. See, you've got to get right with God before the Bible becomes an open book. And that's the problem spiritually as well. There's a cancer in the country, and it is this denial that God is able and powerful and wise enough to preserve his word. For example, in the, in the, and, and this is what we say, well, the New King James Bible, it's just, it's just updating archaic words. They're lying to you. You go ahead and add to or take away from the word of God. The Bible says you will be found to be a liar. They're not just updating archaic words. That is a lie. For example, there are 22 omissions of hell in the New King James Version. There are 60, uh, 23 omissions of the blood in the New King James. 44 omissions to the word repent. 51 omissions of the word God. 66 omissions of the word Lord. The term devils, damnation, and Jehovah and the words New Testament are completely omitted from the New King James Bible. Jesus said, the reason why you go about to kill me and destroy me is because my word hath no place in you. See, it's not, it's not a 50-50 proposition. Tiptoeing through the gray areas. Uh -uh. Jesus said, you're either for me or against me. The believer, you don't. And the Bible is a golden chain. All of it hooks together. All verses, you break one commandment, you've broken them all, you break one verse, the whole chain is broken. If one verse, in this one word, one jot, one tittle is out of place or not in place or where it ought to be, then the whole Bible becomes unreliable. Okay? And so, um, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit does not teach you that something is always lost in translation. That's a lie from the scholars. In fact, the Holy Spirit himself endorsed about 30 translations within the Bible itself. And we've looked at some of those. Paul, for example, spoke to the brethren in Hebrew, the scriptures say, in Acts. But then when he wrote it, okay, he wrote it in Greek. There's a translation right there. And in the word of God. Nobody would say that wasn't inspired when it was originally given. So inspiration itself teaches us that you can preserve the word of God from one language to another language in translation. Yeah, but there's never can be a word-for-word -word, um, equivalent. Uh, well, you, well, that's easy. I mean, you, you don't have to be a brain scientist to see, uh, brain surgeon to see where Jesus said it is written, and it's not a direct quote from the Old Testament words it's written. That is a weak, straw man argument, just done to destroy a man's faith in the Word of God. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16 says that God was manifest in the flesh. Do you see that right there? It was God that, and I'll tell you something else too. Now I'm thinking about it. You know, 
you got a real problem. Okay, if you're not going to bring your Bible to church, I doubt seriously that God is going to open up his word to you because you are being disobedient to what God said when he says you need to search the scriptures daily and to make sure what I'm saying is true according to the word of God. That's another problem right there. So preachers, what they do is they find out ain't nobody bringing a Bible anyway. They just say whatever he wants to say. And everybody just starts believing the preacher. You shouldn't believe me or anybody else, whether it be a scholar or a, a, a linguist that can speak every language on earth. We still do not put our trust in men. We put our trust in God. Okay? Well, so attacks in your modern versions, <coughs> there's an attack on the deity of Christ by saying that he was manifest in the flesh. And that is all throughout the Bible. That's all throughout the Bible, friend. Okay? Uh, you say, well, it's, it, it could refer to Jesus. Yeah? But it is watered down. Would you not agree? It's watered down. Um, it says God was manifest in the flesh. That means that Jesus is God in the flesh. But if you say he was manifest in the flesh, now you've got wiggle room. He, well, Jesus was manifest in the flesh. But that doesn't support the deity of Christ. That is throughout the entire, all these modern versions. And the reason why they all seem to agree together against the King James is because all the modern versions come the corrupt, from the corrupt line of Westcott and Hort. I want a strong defense of the deity of Jesus Christ. And you say, well, preacher, come on now. Wait a minute. The Holy Spirit is telling me that it is not he was manifesting. It was God that was manifest in the flesh. And we do the same thing with everything else. Okay? Um, you say, well, the, the modern versions, they still, you know, support, you know, the fundamental doctrines. Let's just say, for example, we use that same logic. And we go down to the city council meeting and we go down there and say, listen, we're spending too much money on stop signs. Okay? Let's just take about 10 of them out, 15 of them out. Right? The, 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 the city still stands for and believes in stopping at intersections. And we got it other places. We just don't have it at this one and this one and this one and this one and this one. Ain't nobody would say, this city is getting dangerous and see a problem. Are you with me? Are you with me? The Spirit of God is teaching you that God's words are spiritually discerned. That's what it says right there, from the Word of God. Therefore, you've got to be spiritual. The Spirit of God never leads you to textual criticism. Wait, I've got to hurry. Spirit of God never, never teaches a person to check the Greek grammar or check somebody who says he knows Greek grammar or check somebody's credentials where he got an A in Greek, uh, Greek 101 and Greek 102. Well, what's your final authority then? A guy who says that he knows Greek because he has a diploma from an institution that says he knows Greek? Which in turn comes from an accrediting agency that said they're accredited? Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse number 10. If thou shalt, there, notice that conditional if again. Remember, nothing in the Christian life is free, not even salvation. You've got to believe. Everything is conditional. Here's condition. You want the word of God? <laughs> Notice what it says, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God and to keep, to keep his commandments. So you're going to listen to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in the book of the law. And if, if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thine soul, for this is the commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. 
It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, who's going to go up to heaven to get it and uh, to bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. But what saith the scriptures? Romans chapter number 8, the 10 verse number 8. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. God will bring the word of nigh to those people who truly want to obey God.